0: Butts and Guts, a Cleveland Clinic podcast exploring your digestive and surgical health from end to end. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Butts and Guts. I'm your host, Scott Steele, the chair of colorectal surgery here at the Cleveland Clinic in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. And I am extremely pleased to welcome Dr. Koji Hashimoto, who is the director of living donor transplantation here at Cleveland Clinic's Transplant Center. We're going to touch a little bit about innovations in living donor liver transplantation. Dr. Hashimoto, thanks for joining us on Butts and Guts. Thank you for having me today. So I always like to start out a little bit about yourself, your background, where you're from, where you're trained, and how did it come to the point that you're here at the Cleveland Clinic?
1: So I'm a transplant surgeon at the Cleveland Clinic, the main campus. I'm originally from Japan. Um, so I finished my training residency in Japan, and then I came here 16 years ago. And I did a fellowship training for liver, uh, liver transplantation. Uh, and uh, luckily, I stayed uh, in a beautiful Cleveland. And then I'm here. And um, I'm specialized to do a liver
0: transplantation, including a living donor. Well, that's fantastic. And we're glad to have you here. So let, let's start with a little bit of a broad overview of this. So yeah, liver transplant, what are some of the diseases or the indications why uh, liver transplant would be required for a patient? The most common uh, indication for liver transplantation is alcoholic
1: cirrhosis nowadays. It used to be a hepatitis C cirrhosis, but uh, you know since we have a good medication for Hep C, uh, so we don't see the hepatitis C cirrhosis anymore. Uh, very few. The second indication is a non-alcoholic like steat hepatitis. We call it NASH. So you know generally we call it fatty liver disease. So these two uh, indications are main. And otherwise, we have, you know, other uh, many reasons that cause uh, liver cirrhosis and also acute liver failure is a good indication for liver transplantation.
0: So morbid obesity is an epidemic in the U.S. and many of the Western societies. And, you know, you mentioned NASH as being something for that. Do, Do they go hand in hand? Does morbid obesity go hand in hand with development of NASH? Or is that just something that your body processes things and all of a sudden you get you get a fatty liver?
1: I think that this metabolic disorder affects the entire body. You know, just, just the liver
0: is a part of uh, the disease. So give us an overview a little bit about what is the scale that we're talking about? How many liver transplants are typically needed a year? And then do we have enough donors that are available uh, to meet that demand? Yeah, that's a very important question. So in the United States,
1: uh, there are more than 14,000 people are waiting for liver transplantation. But unfortunately, we have only 8,000 liver transplantation done in this country. So approximately 6,000 people
0: are not having the liver donors. Wow, that's unbelievable. Those are some numbers that we need to change around. So as I was sitting preparing for this, I kept on thinking to myself, man, living donor liver transplant surgery. So walk us through this living donor liver transplant surgery. Yes. So as
1: we talk about this, um, so we don't have enough organ donors to transplant all patients with liver failure. So the idea came up with a living donor liver transplantation. So when we don't have enough transplant organs, so approximately, I would say, 20% of the patients in Cleveland become sick or die before liver transplantation. So to save those people, uh, we can ask someone healthy, mentally, physically. So these people, people can become a living donor.
0: So just donating a piece of the liver to save someone else's life. When sitting there and walking through a prospective living donor, you know I'm sure they're gonna ask you a bunch of questions, but like, you know, is it safe? How much liver are you gonna leave behind? How much liver of mine are you taking? What are the benefits of a living donor transplant versus the traditional deceased donor transplant?
1: So in traditional deceased donor liver transplantation, generally the waiting time for transplant is very long because we don't have enough organs. Then, In the deceased donor liver transplantation, the priority on the transplant waiting list is determined by a MELD score, which is calculated by your blood test. This Meldow score goes between 6 and 40, and the higher the score goes, the more priority you have. So, for example, if you have a Meldow score of 40, you can get the liver transplantation within days. But if your Meldow score is, let's say, 15, your waiting time will be expected to be like months or years. But if you have a serious complications with the liver cirrhosis, you know, sometimes you cannot wait. But in the living donor liver transplantation, if you identify a good living donor, you have no waiting time. Just you can set up the uh, surgery date. And as long as donor and the recipient is available and the surgical team is available, we can go ahead and do a liver
0: transplantation to save your life. So that's the best benefit doing the living donor liver transplantation. Do the patients that are transplanted a living donor Do they do better or worse than a deceased donor? Generally speaking,
1: a living donor liver transplantation outcome is usually better than the deceased donor transplantation because you can receive the transplantation in a timely fashion.
0: So you mentioned a little bit about kind of the waiting list and the MELD score and some of these other ones. So what type of factors go into that that can impact the patient's qualifications to either get on the transplant or where they live on that transplant? For the recipient qualification,
1: any patient who has a liver failure or a liver cirrhosis, a liver disease, so they should be qualified uh, transplantation unless they have any serious disease except for liver. So let's say someone has heart failure with a liver disease. So those people are not qualified transplantation. To make them qualified, we can also do, uh, combine the heart and the liver transplantation. So it depends on other organ systems' function. But as long as you
0: have liver failure, you, you'll be qualified the transplantation. So let's go into truth or myth. Truth or myth. The age that a living donor needs to be is different based on if the liver is going into a child, or an adult. Truth or myth? So it's myth. So the truth is, let's talk about the living donor.
1: So the age of living donor has to be between 18 and 60. The reason we set the age limit at 18 is that the living donor has to make a decision to donate the piece of the liver independently. So we believe if you are age 18 or younger. may not be able to make a decision independently
0: walk me through a little bit about the evaluation process to become a living donor how does one go about that is it is it oftentimes the person who needs a liver is reaching out and finding these people or do people volunteer is it brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts or how does this process work so the living donor can be um usually the family member
1: or friends or just a stranger so meaning Um, So if you have a liver disease needing a liver transplantation, uh, when you start looking for the living donor, usually the family comes up first. But if there is any reason that the family cannot be a donor, you can start having a conversation with people around you. And it does include your friends or neighbors or someone else. Uh, What I have seen is if you go to church, sometimes the church friends can donate. And uh, some people use a social network. And uh, if you post your story about what you need and how sick you are, sometimes somebody you don't know
0: becomes a living donor. Truth or myth? The liver is the only organ that can undergo a living donor process. That is a myth.
1: Um, The truth is the healthy person can donate liver, kidney, kidney and pancreas and a piece of the
0: lung so the liver is not the only organ that you can donate so walk me through what what can a patient expect when visiting you or someone on your team at Cleveland Clinic's liver transplant program what's their journey who they're meeting with what tests they got to undergo and how long is this process to the point where you're in the operating room with both of them
1: So as a living donor, when you come to Cleveland Clinic, so you meet the entire liver liver transplant team. And as a living donor to be evaluated, usually it takes a few days to complete. So we guide you to have a blood test or imaging studies, including a CT scan MRI. And also you're going to meet all specialties who will be determining uh, your candidacy for living donor. And if you come to Cleveland Clinic liver Transplant Center as a recipient, you also expect to see uh, all people in our team, basically we check you from head to toe to make sure you to go for liver transplantation. So that's that's something you expect
0: to see logistically, how do you decide? There's two different, so one's taking the liver out and the other one's putting it back in. How do you decide which one of those you're going to do? Are you doing, are you the take it out person or are you the put it in person? How does that work logistically? I am the person who put
1: it in. And then we have a special team who will be taking out uh, the piece of liver. The and then that's the, that's the very important part. We used to make a big decision to take the piece of deriva from the living donor. But right. three years ago, we changed our strategy and we started doing a minimally invasive living donor surgery. So we're using very small incision on the living donor, put the surgical instrument inside of the abdomen and then cut the liver out. And then we take the piece of the liver out from the bikini line with a like 10 centimeter small incision. So that after living donation, your incision will be almost invisible and this minimally invasive procedure
0: makes the post-surgery recovery very quick. So what's on the horizon as far as research in the living donor uh, liver transplantation that's going to help provide better outcomes and quality of life for donors and recipients? I'm sure you mentioned just one of them right now that you're able to do it through small incisions but anything else that you guys are working on? So one of the important
1: thing is um, so when you become a living donor you can donate either left lobe or right lobe. So the left lobe is usually 30 to 35%, and the right lobe is 65 to 70%. So if you donate left lobe, which is a smaller side, we can leave the bigger side of the liver in the donor, I think which is safer for living donor. If you donate the right side, you donate almost 60 or 70% of the liver to the recipient, but you only have 30 to 35 percent in your body left. So, in terms of safety of living donor, the more liver take from the living donor, the higher the risk goes. So, our policy is taking the small liver from the living donor to transplant and save someone else. And which is actually not easy to do because we transplant a small piece of the liver. Sometimes the recipient doesn't have good liver function after transplantation. So our research is how to make this small piece work. And actually we've been very successful. Approximately 50% of living donor liver transplantation is done uh,
0: by left rope graft. That's incredible stuff. So we'd like to wind up with all of our guests a little bit of what I like to call quick hitters where we get to know you a little bit better. So what's your favorite food? My favorite food is my favorite food is miso soup. Miso soup, yeah, good choice. Good choice. What's your favorite sport to play or to watch?
1: I uh, my favorite sport is the basketball, and I used to
0: play basketball. Tell us about one of the favorite places or trips that you've gone. Where is that?
1: My favorite place is my hometown, but you know, unfortunately, I'm not able to visit right now the favorite place to visit. I like Florida and I like Mexico. And, you know, nowadays I like uh, Abu Dhabi to visit.
0: Nice, nice, nice. And then finally, you've been here for 16 years, you said. Tell us what you like about living here in beautiful Northeast Ohio. So the Cleveland has a beautiful
1: weather, as you know. Summer is beautiful and the winter is a little bit cold but you can see the nice sunshine in summer and a beautiful snow. And I love the people living in Cleveland. They are very warm.
0: So that's why I love Cleveland. Fantastic. So why don't you give a final take-home message for our listeners about this whole process, this whole program.
1: So the living donor liver transplantation is a life saving. So the many people die
0: or become too sick before
1: liver transplantation. So the living donor liver transplantation is a hope To save those people. So we are working on every day very hard to provide more opportunities to sick people. So if you have sick people around you, please think about
0: finding a living donor or becoming a living donor. That's absolutely incredible stuff. And so for more information on Cleveland Clinic's liver transplant program, please visit clevelandclinic.org slash livingdonation. That's clevelandclinic.org slash livingdonation. You can also call the program at 216-444-1976. That's 216-444-1976. And again, you always hear me say it, please remember it's important for you and your family to continue to receive medical care, regular checkups and screenings. And rest assured here at the Cleveland Clinic, We're taking all the necessary precautions to sterilize our facilities and protect our patients and caregivers. Koji, thanks so much for joining us on Butts and Guts. Thank you so much, Scott. That wraps things up here at Cleveland Clinic. Until next time, thanks for listening to Butts and Guts.